BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. It's a solo GMM. I'm about to throw it to Claude. Hey, Claude, how you doing? Hello, Jacqueline. I am thrilled to still be in my pajamas. I am wearing no bra, and I brushed my teeth uh, four seconds ago. Wow. I'm wearing a comfort bra, so for me, that's just the pinnacle of comfort. Uh, We are back in the queue once again. It's been... I think two weeks we made it out, but we're back because... You are in the queue. I am just in the queue because you are in the queue, but I... Yes, you're in the queue adjacent, but I have found out that I've been exposed to COVID, so I will be quarantining for the rest of the week, which means podcast-only shows for the rest of the week, which is funny because yesterday we were talking about how we had like a big full week ahead of us. Big dopes. And... Big dopes. I mean, we do still have a full week of shows, but it's not studio living, so it's just not the same. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I wonder how this cue will go for me, like what I'm going to get into this time, you know? Yeah. Well, if you need anything, I'm more than ready, willing, and able to drop off or maybe take Bruno for a couple days if, you know, you find he's getting cooped up in the house. Oh my God, that would be so sweet. Would you actually? Because I'm going to hold you to that. 100%. Just like for fun for Bruce. Yeah, no, and he would like sleep with me. Oh, my God. I mean, he sleeps in the crate, but that's good. That way Theo could, like, stay in his bed, and then Bruno could sleep in his crate. No, or they both could just sleep in the bed. That would be so fun. No, but then that's, like, I don't even get to sleep with Bruce, and then it's, like, bad behavior that I didn't even get to reap the benefits of, you know? Well, whatever. All I was saying was that if you need anything, I'm here to help. That is so generous, and, like, you hadn't said that, like, before we started recording, so um, that's just really nice. Thanks. It's just, like, an assumption. Like, I live super close to you. You can't leave your house. I can. So if there's something Mm -hmm. that needs to be done, um, I'm ready, willing, and able. But just remember, there are tons of services that do that kind of stuff for you. So just let me be, like, a last resort. Yeah, no, I I hadn't intended on anything, but that's just, like, good to know. Good to have that resource. I remember that. Well, anyways, we have a great show. We have so much to talk about. There's lots of news, and we're going to do what we do, just virtually, you know? Um, I actually rewatched our episode from yesterday, and I think it might have been one of my favorite episodes, and I haven't watched our show in a long time because it honestly gives me anxiety, but um, I I watched yesterday's, and I loved it so much, but I really realized how quickly I speak, especially when we're in studio because it's just like you and I vibing off each other and I yeah. swallow entire sentences like I don't know how we don't get more complaints that like people don't understand what I'm saying because it's crazy I'm literally talking so fast that there's not enough time for you to even hear every word that I'm saying 
Yeah, I noticed about myself when I was doing my home tour, I was watching it and like every once in a while I would get so tripped up on what I'm saying because the words are just like getting stuck out of my mouth because I'm going so quickly and like I need to pause and say them all again because they're like fighting to get out of my mouth. No, I, I, and they just come out all at once. Yeah, I've been having a lot of moments like that. And so sure, I will join you in this attempt to speak slower. Yeah. I feel like we come I to this know realization once a year where we try and, and cut back. And I think overall, we're definitely getting better. But the episode I saw yesterday was vintage shit. Like, <laughs> it was so bad. So if I do feel like I'm talking weirdly slow today, I apologize. You can speed it up if you want. But I am trying intentionally to enunciate, slow down, and relax, you know? Because everyone was so excited that our episode was over an hour yesterday. And I I think what people don't realize is that our 40-minute episodes are actually an hour's worth of content, but we talk so damn fast, it just comes out in 40 minutes. Yeah, no, if we talked at a glacial pace, yesterday's episode would have been two hours. Yes, so we're doing people a favor. Yeah, for sure. I guess you could always speed it up or slow it down, so... Take it at your own pace. But I I do think that's something I'd like to work on about myself, like not getting choked on my sentences. Yeah, because even if people slow down our audio, it's not going to make sense because I'm literally vomiting out 37 (laughs) words at the same time. So slowing it down, it actually would sound like French, like it would sound Russian. It would sound like a different language. Yeah, that is very, very true. So we're just doing our best, you guys, and everyone is just doing their best. Yes, for sure. But we have a lot to talk about today and I kind of just want to get right into it because now that like I'm back in the queue, I really don't have like much to share about like and what I did yesterday. you don't have time to dilly dally. I don't have time to dilly dally. Like I must get to like all of the things that I'm, I'm going to do today. I'm actually like, you know, kind of excited. Like I'll be doing like the changing of the sheets right. and all that stuff. Get back on the Peloton, like stuff like that. Um, but yesterday, I realized I'm on season six of Downton Abbey. That's the final season. Oh, that's I devastating. only have a few episodes. I only have a few episodes left, and then I'm going to watch the movie. And I didn't know that I was so advanced and far along. No, that's what so, happens. Like when when life just and it's and it's fruitful plenties. That's what happens. Like you just don't even realize that you've been enjoying something for so long because you've just been enjoying it. Yeah. So I think like today might be my last day with it, and. That would be really sad. And it's going to be sad for Bruno because he's been loving it so much. And I don't know if I'll find another show that has like these beautiful hunting scenes, the horses, the hunting dogs, like the English countryside, like Bru just really felt some sort of way. I know you're like really in on Downton Abbey, but I do believe there's like a million and one shows that take place in the English countryside. If I had to venture a guess. I know. It's just so hard to get into shows like that, you know? Of course. Like you could never with Downton Abbey. Never. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we should get into it because we're going to recap The Bachelor. We have the Fast Five. The Bachelor uh, was we're gonna, so okay. atrocious. Recap, recap in quotations because I have nothing to say. You know, I think we'll probably just complain for about five to 10 minutes about how we're at the point of the season where we all feel like giving up. Yeah, for sure. Like, I generally don't like hometowns, especially when we're not even going to a hometown. Yeah. Oh, two really quick reminders. Um, wanted to remind everyone that this is our final week of Toast Movie of the Week, which we've been doing for the month of February in honor of Black History Month. And for this week's movie, we are watching Coming to America, starring Eddie Murphy and our Real Housewife of Beverly Hills favorite, Garcelle. And that is available to stream on Amazon Prime. So we're going to watch it this week and we'll be recapping it on Friday. So make sure you watch it before Friday. The second thing was is that I just wanted to quickly remind everyone, I posted it on my Instagram 
Instagram story, but for um, my book, I'm doing a really small Zoom book club with five people who have read the book, and it's a contest. The best way to enter is just to post a picture of you and your book, or you listening to your book, or your book looking like chic, you know, on your table. Um, post it on your Instagram in feed with the hashtag GWNJbook. Gwange book is the hashtag and I'm going to pick five people who post the most premium content and we're going to do like a zoom book club together and hopefully it'll be really fun and hopefully um if it's like so much fun I'll do another one wow so what you're saying is you're starting a competing book club oh my god hardly we are meeting one time and you just said we might do another (laughs) okay here here's my (laughs) promise to you I'll only meet once Okay, because, like, I don't know if the Redheads can handle that sort of competition. You know, we're I mean, a new I think they podcast. Can. I saw the Redheads up close and personal, and I think they can. I, I mean, I do, too, but just, you know, like, we're new on the scene, and we need all the support we can get, and we don't need to be, like, splitting our audience, you know? Okay, but five, the thing is, it's five, five fucking people, <laughs> and it's hardly splitting your audience, but I see you, I hear you, and I will do just one. Soon your book club will be making merch. Oh, God, please, no. It's just a fun little book club. I wanted to talk to people, like, who have read the book, you know? Like, hear their yeah. questions, what they liked, what they didn't like. Hopefully there's nothing they didn't like, but you know what I mean. So, um... I'm excited. So all you have to do is post on your Instagram in feed picture of the book, hashtag Gwange book. Love it. Also, just speaking of books, the Redheads Book Club is always here for you. Our next episode drops the first Thursday of March, and we are reading The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna, which is turning out to be like the second book of the year. You know, obviously the first one was Girl Everywhere. I've been seeing it everywhere. Like it's a read with Jenna pick. It's a book of the month pick. Every time I go on the Redheads Instagram, which is like my bookstagram that I like to um, peruse, everyone's reading The Four Winds. I mean, Kristen Hanna is an amazing author. And because Firefly Lane is out right now, it's just like Kristen Hanna's month. The press is just pressureful for Kristen Hanna yeah. right now. Right. So read along with us and that episode drops in March. So we will see you then. And as always, we still have merch up for the Redheads at shopmorningtoast.com. And given that today's a how you darn sort of episode, make sure to get your how you darn merch yeah. at shopmorningtoast.com. The merch is shipping so fast. I think probably the fat we've, we've really gotten our shit together and it's shipping. I can't believe I literally saw someone wearing it yesterday. She made it into a, the Redheads maroon sweatshirt. She made it into a cropped sweatshirt. I'm like, you ordered it, Ooh. cropped it, it shipped like in all this time. And it's literally been two days since we dropped. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I've been seeing people wearing their Redheads merch, and I'm just, like, so happy that they now are sickening the merch down. Sickening the motherfucking merch down. (laughs) I'm sick. I have new merch. I can't go out. I'm sick. You better quarantine with that new merch because you are (laughs) sick. (laughs) Okay, should we dive right in? Okay, let's get into the Fast Five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. (sighs) And today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? I know for me, it's definitely my extreme anxiety. Uh, BetterHelp is here to assess your needs, match you with your own licensed professional therapist, where you can start communicating in under 48 hours. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. Wide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an, in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life 
today. I mean, we've been saying this for the last year. I think a lot of people have entered into counseling and therapy in the last year because it's just been such a trying time for people emotionally. And since we are all staying home, BetterHelp is the perfect service. You can do it from your phone, from your computer. You can talk to a therapist in under 48 hours. If you don't like the one you got, you can trade. I mean, that's what people told me when I started therapy. They're like, you'll have to shop like around before you find one you like. So BetterHelp is really changing lives. And if you want to visit their website, you can read some of their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com slash toast. That's better, B-E-T-T-E-R, help, H-E-L-P, and join the over a million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been better, have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Morning Toast listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash toast. Love it. Okay, first story, big news of the day. Shailene Woodley confirms her engagement to Aaron Rodgers. So Shailene went on The Tonight Show and said during her appearance, quote, for us, it's not new news. So it's kind of funny. Everybody right now is freaking out over it, over it. She gushed over her 37 year old fiance, describing him as, quote, wonderful and an incredible human being. She also poked fun at his career as a quarterback. She said, quote, I never I'm emphasizing the quote because I just like don't want you guys to think it came from me. Yeah, right. (laughs) Quote, I never thought I'd be engaged to someone who threw balls for a living. I never thought as a little girl, yeah, when I grow up, I'm going to marry someone who throws balls. Yeah. But he's really just so good at it. She also said, quote, yeah. She also said, it's just like, I I think it's it's obviously a joke, you know, like, uh, he's like one of the best quarterbacks in the league and he's just throwing balls. No, but like what if but, Aaron um, Rodgers went on Jimmy Fallon and was like, you know, I never thought that I would get engaged to someone who plays pretend for a living. <laughs> you yeah, know, like that's literally. what it is. And Shailene Woodley is one of the greatest actors in her craft. Like it's kind of disrespectful. Yeah, no, I so agree. And then she also said, I don't know him as the football guy. I know him as like the nerd who wants to host Jeopardy. That's the dude I know. Oh, that's cute. No, I, I, I definitely think that there's way more to Aaron Rodgers than football. And Shailene Woodley has definitely brought that energy out of him. But I'm really still stuck on like the disrespect towards like one of the greatest, greatest athletes. I just had like a list. Greatest athletes of <laughs> our time. Like it just seems like a weird thing to do, especially when you're trying to like, you know, when you're in a relationship, you lift each other up. Right. You you want to hype the other person up, not, like, put them down. Yeah. But I don't know. So. I, I don't think she was, like, I think she was just trying to be funny, but I don't find it funny. No, me too, but it was definitely derogatory. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's cute to get, like, more clarity about their relationship. They also met during the pandemic, and so I guess they've been engaged for a while. So it really, like, sounds like true love at first sight, like, when you know, you know, and this is it for them. Yeah. Do you think they're in a fight now? Like, because of what she said, he's like, babe, like you totally like belittled me on James Corden. No, I don't. Cause I think like, I think they get each other. I do. Yeah. I think if, if something like that, like what came between them, like they wouldn't be engaged right now. Yeah, that's true. I just, um, maybe I'm overreacting. And maybe it's like a joke that maybe it's an inside joke that they have that like just didn't translate. Yeah, that's possible. No, you're right. We should give her the benefit of the doubt, but it did rub me the wrong way. And I'm curious if other people were like reading it and being like, damn, that's rude. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I'm curious if anyone else thought that. Plays balls. Like, okay, like that's just like, <laughs> it's so derogatory. It's just like 
boiling it down to like one simple thing. When football is so much, it's math, it's strategy, it's travel, like it's all these things. And it's travel. You know what I mean? It's flowing bowels. Like it just boils it down to one thing. And I don't know, it's kind of funny. And I, I hope that like it is some sort of inside joke between them. Yeah, I hope so too. But anyways, I'm happy for these two. Like with everything that comes out, like I get closer to the port, but not in, building a ship. No, yeah, I'm definitely going to be there to, you know, wave goodbye to them as they start their journey. But I will not be a part of like the laborious team of, you know, laborers putting it together. Yeah, but I really do like when two, I would say they're both around A-list. They're both very respected celebrities and respected in their field. When two people who like seemingly are they're both famous, but other than that, have nothing in common, like find each other and it's love and, and they seem really excited about it. Like I am excited for them. It's Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman. Like name a less likely duo. It is. It is. But separately, I like them both. Oh, same. And separately, they're both at the top of their game in their respective fields. But I don't know when a country star and an Academy Award winning actress like really would ever cross paths. Yeah. Also, um, Shailene Woodley and Aaron Rodgers are both in the top of their fields. Yeah. Yeah. So it is, it's very similar. Speaking of new couples and where did they cross paths, Lucy Hale's photographed kissing fuck? Skeet Ulrich. Skeet Ulrich from Riverdale. I he think plays it's pronounced F- Skeet Ulrich. <laughs> is he related to Max Erich? <laughs> Max, Max Erich? <laughs> um, Skeet apparently has a pretty little girlfriend, Lucy Hale. The Scream star 51 and the former Pretty Little Liars actress 31 were photographed on a PDA-heavy lunch date in L.A. on Sunday. And the May-December pair appeared to be completely smitten with one another. The pictures are very cute of these two out to lunch. They do very much seem like a happy couple. It's unclear how they met, but it's possible that they met through their involvement in the CW series Riverdale and Katie Keene. Uh, Skeet plays Forsyth Pendleton Jones, a.k.a. F.P. Jones on Riverdale. And then Lucy Hale starred in Katie Keene, which is a spinoff of Riverdale. So maybe, maybe they met Ryder at the CW Ross offices. sent them up. Right or wrong? Maybe. Like, it's very possible. Yeah. Otherwise, it would just be a really strange coincidence. Right, that they're both in this, like, universe of Riverdale, CW, Ryder Ross shows. I mean, I'm sure that how they met is definitely connected through those projects. But I'm more focused on, like, this pairing as a duo, and I think it's, like, such a bizarre coupling. And I thought, remember when she was photographed with Colton, like, literally six months ago? That was crazy. Yeah, but I'm, I'm happy that it's not Colton in oh, these pictures. Me too. But there is a big age gap, and I just wonder what we would be saying if the gender roles were reversed. Yeah, no, it's um, it's definitely not as bad as some of the ones we've seen in Hollywood, like Amelia Hamlin being 18 and Scott Disick being, like, almost 40. Um, it's not as bad, but it is bizarre. And you're right, like, we would speak on it differently if it was a 51-year-old woman and a 31-year-old man. But it's not as bad as some of, like, the really gross ones I've seen that really make you think like what's going on like is this grooming yeah that make you question where it's like borderline teenager yeah no Hill, uh not hillary duff lucy hale is a grown woman but it is just like a little creepy like to be with a guy like 51 you know 20 years older than her yeah but he's very handsome and he looks not a day over 40 i totally agree i would have never guessed that he's 51 me neither 
So I don't know. I, I think a little sailboat for these two might be in store. I just think it's so red. It's like actually not random, just given the fact that, like we said, they work in like a really similar production company. But I just think the fact, like I never in my life would have paired these two together. Like you could have given me one million chances to pair up two people and I never would have come up with this duo. Yeah, but that's what, like, you know, we love to see the unexpected. Yeah. So we'll keep you posted on these two. That was just a little surprise yesterday. Also, uh, last question. Do you think they call the paparazzi on themselves? Well, so, you know, there's this, like, we're living in an interesting age (laughs) where, no, I'm serious, where, like, paparazzi photos of, like, the early 2000s really defined, like, our generation. And we've found out, you know, now that all the paparazzi, for the most part, with the exception of, like, the major, major stars, were being called on behalf of the celebrities. Like, it was really planned. So now that we know that, it's like every time we see a paparazzi, we know. And it depends on the situation. Like, when Bronwyn Wyndham Burke happened to be photographed outside a sex store wearing a big necklace that said, gay, okay, just days after announcing that she had come out as gay, in OC, where paparazzi do not hang out in Costa Mesa. Heather McDonald told me that. So now it's like with the information that we know from the early 2000s, I know that Bronwyn Wyndham Burke called the paparazzi on herself, seeing as how she's not that famous. And it was just like too quaint. They caught her going into a sex shop. What are the odds, you know? Yeah, of course. But what about these two? So with these two, it's like now I'm living in this place where every time I see someone paparazzi, I am 100% certain that they called it on themselves. And unless it's taken on an iPhone where like someone shady got a picture, um, I'm convinced that the paparazzi were were called. So yes, that is my answer. I agree. The The paparazzi were called because it's not a blurry cell phone picture that was posted on Twitter. I agree. Totally. I think the paparazzi were called and um, that always just makes me wonder. Yeah. I mean, the po- and so, now I'm thinking the last time Lucy Hale was photographed with Colton Haynes, Colton, what's his name? Underwood. Underwood. Who's Colton Haynes? Um, he, a dancer? he does, um, no, he like does makeup, I think. Okay. So I just remember he dressed as Shrek for Halloween one year. So Colton Underwood, remember we literally roasted Colton being like, he lit, he of course called the paparazzi. The picture was like such an ambush. Lucy was probably like, oh my God, what the fuck? I want to go on a walk with this guy. And he called the paparazzi. But now it appears to be a Lucy Hale pattern. No, no, I have to take up for Lucy at this point. I think that she saw Colton call the paparazzi on her. It was a stain, for sure. They never saw each other again. But now I think she must be having dated Skeet for a while, and she was, like, ready to wipe that stain clean, and she was like, paparazzi, clear my name. Um, So she called him up. I don't know. I'm feeling like it's a pattern. (laughs) I think she was, like, ready to, um, like, take her name away from the Colted Underwood Association. And I also think that because they called the paparazzi, maybe they're deeper into their relationship than we would have thought. Yes, I think the paparazzi and the Colton thing were called, like, on the first day the two hung out. Yeah, it was the first date, for like, sure. Colton wasn't taking any chances of not getting a second date and not being able to call the paparazzi, so he had to do it on the first one. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> okay, next story, a little royal news that... um Seemingly petty, but I'm, I'm, I, there's more to it. There is more more to to it. it. 
Queen Elizabeth will make a TV appearance hours before Meghan Markle and Prince Harry's Oprah interview. So Meghan Markle and Prince Harry's TV special with Oprah Winfrey, their first sit-down interview since their engagement, will air just hours after the royal family will make their own TV appearance. Sounds petty, but the annual Commonwealth Day service, which normally gathers people from all over the world at Westminster Abbey, has been canceled this year due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Instead, the BBC will broadcast a television special featuring members of the royal family. Queen Elizabeth, Prince Charles, Prince William, Kate Middleton, and Sophie, Countess of Wessex, are all set to contribute while the 94-year-old monarch will appear in a pre-recorded message from Windsor Castle. The Commonwealth Day TV special has been in the works since January, and the time slot was decided around three weeks ago, people understand. The broadcast will air... I don't know. She was just name dropped in the article. Oh, okay. Well, she's like literally with the like the highest members of the royal family. Like, who the fuck is she? Yeah, I can't wait to see her. I can't wait to find out. The broadcast will air on Sunday, March 7th, the same day as CBS's 90-minute primetime special in which Oprah sits down for an intimate conversation with the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. This, to me, I know that I'm probably being so naive, but it sounds like a coincidence. Oh, by the way. You're not being naive. This is literally the media blowing shit up, like Queen Elizabeth taking a stand. First of all, what she's saying has already been recorded. It was probably recorded six months ago. It has nothing to do with Harry and Meghan. It's National Commonwealth Day, whatever that is. Like, it's an important day in Britain, and this is so irrelevant. And now I'm almost thinking, because... Now I'm thinking that this television thing has been planned for so long that Harry and Meghan maybe chose the day on the Commonwealth. Like, I don't think in any way was the royal family trying to slight anyone. I think that they've had this day chosen for at least six months. No, for centuries, because it's Commonwealth Day. No, but for, like, the TV special. So I think, you know, if anyone here was going to one-up another, it honestly might have been Harry and Meghan for choosing that day, because they must know that it's National Commonwealth Day and that they're doing a BBC America special. Yeah, I I feel if there's anything that happened here, that's what would have happened. Also, in reading the headline, you think like the queen is about to make a statement about about the pending interview. But it's like, no, there will be nothing even related to the drama on Commonwealth It was Day. literally fake fucking news from every outlet last night. Just like so much fake news. The headlines being like Queen Elizabeth speaking out on the same day. And literally it's so irrelevant if you read the story, which nobody does. So it's just so much misinformation. It's so intentionally clickbaity that I'm so mm-hmm. glad I actually read it because now I know that like the queen is, is still queenie vibes. She's not being petty. She would never. Yeah, no. And I'm glad that now you guys know. That they tried to play us, but they couldn't. They fucking played us. And this is what they're always saying in those documentaries and shit about the royal family. Like, the media being so crazy. Like, this is just so obviously fake fucking news. Yeah. Big time. Okay. Are you ready for our next story? Yes, ma'am. We have two stories in the Kardashian subset today. Kris Jenner is set to launch her own beauty brand. Move over, Kim and Kylie. Kris Jenner seems set to follow in her daughter's footsteps by launching her very own beauty brand. The momager filed an application to trademark Kris Jenner Skincare as well as Kris Jenner Beauty and Kris Jenner Skin on February 10th, according to documents from the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office obtained by Page Six Style. The applications cover hair products like shampoo and conditioner and skincare items like cleansers, moisturizers, and toners, as well as nail polish and fake eyelash. Okay, I have a few thoughts. My first is like, 
it is a little oversaturated in the Kardashian-Jenner family to be doing beauty skin brands. Um, and I felt that way even with Kylie and KKW Beauty, but somehow they both managed to coexist. And now with Chris, it definitely feels like it's too much. But I will say of all the people in the family, I know they all have so much plastic surgery and they all look amazing, but like Chris is over 60. Like she actually looks incredible. And I know that she's probably doing a lot of things that aren't going to be available in her skincare line, like, you know, getting her face pulled or Botox or filler. But I would trust Chris Jenner, like of all of the people in that family, like she looks best for her age. So a skincare line actually makes quite a bit of sense. Yeah, I hope that it's a skincare line that's like geared towards women of a certain age yep. because one, I think that's that's completely different from what Kim and Kylie are doing and that's a completely new market for Chris. But I also think like she's the perfect face of that because she clearly does maintain herself very well. And so this isn't like the craziest idea I've ever heard, nor do I think that it is saturated if she does go in that direction of like anti-aging. But I definitely have like a new opinion on the term anti-aging and like all of that after speaking with Norma Kamali. Yeah. And like how she was just talking about like we should embrace aging, age with power, like all this stuff that's geared towards anti-aging, like you're going to fucking age. Yeah. I just also want to throw out there, it is worth mentioning that she could just be filing the trademarks for the sake of having them and not really be having any businesses in the works, but making sure like no one else filed the trademark. I actually, yeah, I'm sure, pretty sure that's not the case, but it's worth mentioning that it's possible that this is just like a thing to protect her brand. Yes, very, very true. And I also feel like even though when like Kylie Cosmetics and KKW Beauty came out and it seemed like, you know, so much of the same and then even Kylie Skin, like I feel like now we're at a place where like they're all, I mean, if you're really deep into it, like they're very different, all of them. Yes, no, they are. Like Kylie Cosmetics is really like Instagram makeup and KKW Beauty is really like more natural and more... um, like I don't know about more natural, but I feel like KKW Beauty is more like makeup artist makeup. Oh, really? Like, I totally disagree. I feel like Kylie Cosmetics is like girls at home, like playing around with makeup, like really fun and, and younger. And then I think KKW Beauty is like more serious, like the, the palettes, like it's a little more mature. Oh, no, I completely disagree. Like and and I'm always asking my makeup artists, like, what do you think of each? And I, like a lot of makeup artists use a lot of Kylie stuff. I, I haven't seen one thing from KKW Beauty in any makeup artist kit. No, I'm not saying that makeup artists use KKW Beauty, but it's like more influenced by makeup artists, maybe because she's done like collabs with Mario and stuff. But I, I don't know. I just feel like Kylie Cosmetics is like more fun and like she takes chances with colors, whereas Kim is like each palette and said it's like a look. Like couldn't agree less, but whatever. The other thing I wanted to say was most, I feel like we report a lot on the Kardashians um, filing trademarks and almost always does that thing get made. So like, I do really feel like we will have a Kris Jenner skincare on the way. Yeah. But I feel like we also reported that Kendall had trademarked something like this, like a, a oh, while ago. We? Yeah. You know, my memory shit, but I don't think that's going to happen. And I don't think that it should. No, now she's a tequila magnet. So she's been like literally walking into restaurants, holding it like so obviously, like she went into Craig's and there's always paparazzi standing outside Craig's and she was just like holding the bottle perfectly angled towards the camera. And there's pictures of her inside drinking it with her friends. Um, So yeah. That's so great for her. I'm really, um, 
excited for her for that. Yeah, there's a bit of controversy around it. I don't think we spoke about it, but a lot of people are very upset with the name. The name? Why? The name is 818. I believe it's uh, the Calabasas zip code. Yeah, so I think you told me that. And it's like, you know, uh, tequila is such an authentically Mexican drink. It's so representative of their culture, their heritage. It's all made. It can only be called tequila if it's made in Mexico with Mexican distilleries, Mexican Mm -hmm. um, distributors. And it feels like a slap in the face for a white woman to, like, take tequila and slap on 818 and make it like it's a Calabasas thing when it's a Mexican thing. Yes, I've seen I've seen that. And then I've also seen people who are upset with the backlash because that backlash should not extend to male celebrities who did the same thing. And by the way, that I completely agreed with because I saw like a full list of celebrities who have launched tequila companies or any sort of liquor. Um, And of course, you know, the George Clooney is the most obvious Casamigos. That's a billion dollar company. Um, Then there's P. Diddy, who did Ciroc, which is vodka. There's uh, Nick Jonas did Villa One. Yeah. So while I think it's an interesting conversation to have around like celebrities of a certain culture uh, releasing tequila and vodka companies, it does feel weird that it's like all these guys just got away with it. Literally, nobody said one single thing. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. But it's like that's just like the Kardashian way. It's like they're just everything they do gets backlash and starts conversations. Right. And here's what else is starting conversation. Kim Kardashian listens to our Olivia Rodrigo's breakup anthem after filing for divorce from Kanye West. Kim took a drive listening to the hit breakup song Driver's License amid her divorce from Kanye. She posted a video on Monday of herself driving past windmills on the highway listening to Olivia's heartbreak anthem. She played the lyrics, quote, and all my friends are tired of hearing how much I miss you, but I kind of feel sorry for them because they'll never know you the way that I do. Okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I I am too. Because it was also Robert Kardashian Sr.'s uh, birthday yesterday, and they all had posted, like, beautiful tributes. Kim had been done, like, 11 stories. And I know it's, like, a song about love, but it's also a song about, like, sadness and heartbreak. And sometimes when you're just vibing to a sad song, I think it could have been about that. Could have. I also think, like... She was clearly in her feelings yesterday and like she was driving and there's this hit song about driving and like I don't I think there's a chance she didn't think that much into it and it wasn't about the fact that it's a breakup I mean, anthem it's just a really I don't know. it's just I, a pretty song think, about like, driving and really she was hitting. just like she was just like having an artsy moment driving so let me play this song yeah. about driving No but like the line I guess you didn't mean what you wrote in that song about me like there are very few people who could actually relate to that line and Kim Kardashian She cut one of it them. off she cut off in the middle of that lyric Hmm I don't know maybe she we're looking too much into it and like she's just living her life but I, I feel like looking into it I feel like the opposite I just I feel like Well that's cuz you're every, in denial like, just, No I'm I'm really not like they're getting divorced it's not a big deal I just don't think that she thinks of this song as like a breakup anthem and also it's it's not parallel to this situation at all like I think she was just driving I think there's also more she to hasn't it. posted any sort of cryptic message on her Instagram or like she's literally treating the divorce like on her Instagram if you only just follow the her and don't read the news like you would you would never know it's happening like I don't think this is our sign no I think that there's something there I think she's sad I mean when you, like it's sad of course a family you know dividing but I think that there's something there I really do I think she was just trying to be like artsy and the whole world's reading into it. I think more. Okay. Fifth and final story, a little book news. Wow, that was really fast. 
Oh, I'm so what excited about this book news. Yes. Okay, Mila Kunis will star in Jessica Knowles' Luckiest Girl Alive at Netflix. If you guys have been listening to the show at all in the last three months, you know that Claudia and I are obsessed with the book Luckiest Girl Alive by Jessica Knoll. And now the film adaptation is set at Netflix, and Mila Kunis will star as Ani Finelli. Okay, I want to say a few things. My yes. first thing is that... Um, you know, this happens a lot, like where obviously popular books get made into movies, TV shows, but I never really read popular books. I really mostly read like celebrity memoirs. So this is the first time where I will have read the book before watching the movie. And like, that's like a crazy experience for me because I feel like that happens to people all the time, but this is new for me. I know. And prepare to hate the movie. Okay. Well, the other thing is like, I love Mila Kunis, but like, I don't think that this is a good casting. Like, at least not how I saw Ani in the book. Yeah. So... I saw Ani as Emma Roberts, and that would have been my choice. But, like, obviously, it's not going to be exactly what I think it's going to be. And so I think Mila Kunis, like, isn't so far off because I think she can have that Ani attitude. The only thing to me is, like, the ages seem a little off. Yep. But I think they can, like, make up the difference. You know, I think Ani was around 28 and Mila Kunis is... Um, 37. 30, 37. So... Maybe they'll make Ani a little older, and then Mila just plays a little younger. Like, I don't think it's a huge deal, but... Um, no, I actually that's do the only think thing. it's kind of a big deal, because the whole book, and if you haven't read it yet, I won't spoil it, but it's like, it's this bridge between current life and past life, and she's not that far out of high school. That's why it's all so, like, not fresh, but it's still, you know, fucking with her. So, I actually think this is not a good... I really don't think it's a good cast. I really, like... Okay, so who would you have wanted to see? Okay, well, like, I don't know. I'm not a casting director. But when I, when I, vision, when I was reading the book and I was envisioning, like, this scenarios playing out in my head, I was just, like, envisioning this, like, you know, no-name, just pretty young girl. Like, I was not really thinking celebrities. But when it came to her teacher, what was his name? Oh. Mr. Larson. Um, Mr. Larson. <laughs> Mr. Larson, like, absolutely has to be played by Jason Street. Or like a Chris yeah. Pratt, I really felt, but like when Chris Pratt was like a little like less hot, you know, he's like too good looking now. Yeah. But Jason Street, like when I was, when I was reading the book, Mr. Larson like was Jason Street and I thought it was like the best casting ever. No, that you told me I that and that I think that's name. so good too. Oh, is his name not Jason Street? No, that's what it was in Friday Night From Lights. Friday, I know. I, I just thought maybe like, you know, it's like Miley Stewart, Miley Cyrus. He's, his name Peter is Berg. Oh, wait. <laughs> No. Oh, no, that's Peter Berg. <laughs> Peter Berg Peter created, created Friday, Friday, Night, Friday Night, Night Scott Lights. Porter. He's also in um, <laughs> Heart of Dixie. He plays, like, the cutie, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a great casting. I hope that someone somewhere listens to this. Thank you. Um, also, I, I just think Mila Kunis... Is a, is a good choice because Ani has to be someone who's like has attitude and is also really funny. And I think that Mila Kunis can do both of those things really well. Yeah. Like she has two personalities. Like she's like, like two faced legitimately. Yeah, I guess so. But she's just like, I don't know. She just is. I, I saw her. I read her as like so funny. Am yeah, I the well, only like one? Bitchy. Yes, bitchy, attitude, funny, and, like, no, I think Mila Kunis Emma can do that. Roberts, and that was, like, a really, really good casting, because I think the age is perfect. Yeah, I totally agree. I wonder who will play young Ani, because, obviously, Mila Kunis won't be playing a high school student also. Yeah. It's just such a good book. Like, yeah. 
and I, if this, like, now that it's, be, like, confirmed being made into a movie, because we knew that the film rights had been bought, but, it's, like, I, I learned recently that so many books get their film rights adapted, and then they go nowhere yeah. for, like, so many reasons. Like, so many things have to fall into place. So the fact that this is actually happening, and it will be at Netflix, like, It'll you be guys good. should read the book. It's, if like, it was Claudia's, like, first fiction book, novel that she read and it's so fucking good and also fun fact apparently in the scene of Real Housewives of New York when they are in Miami and Bethany is like in her hotel room finding out about Tom and she's like freaking out because she has to tell Luann Luckiest Girl Alive is on the bed Shut like, the that's fuck what she was up. reading yeah history history culture so I'm really excited about this book Me news too. and we will keep you posted. Like, I really am excited for when we're doing shows about, like, recapping the movie. Oh, that'll be good. And if it's at Netflix, I feel like there's a level. Like, it can't be terrible. I agree. No, but it's, like, it's just, like, how I felt about Little Fires Everywhere versus the book. It's, like, when they even change one thing, which they inevitably do, you're, like, well, that didn't happen in the book. Yeah, well, I find people like that so annoying. It's going to be you. Yep. It's going to be you. Because you feel protective over this book that you love. Oh, especially because Luckiest Girl Alive like, holds a special place in my heart. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's dive into our TV recap of The Bachelor. We had our hometowns. Yes. Also, um, before we do, I just, as part of our Bachelor segment, I wanted to let everyone know that Matt James spoke out oh. yesterday about the recent controversy. Right. So Matt James posted on Instagram a long statement saying the past few weeks have been some of the most challenging of my life. And while there are several episodes left of the season, it is important that I take the time to address the troubling information that has come to light since we wrapped filming, including the incredible, dis- incredibly disappointing photos of Rachel Kirkconnell and the interview between Rachel Lindsay and Chris Harrison. The reality is that I'm learning about these situations in real time, and it, ha- it has been devastating and heartbreaking, to put it bluntly. Chris's failure to receive and understand the emotional labor that my friend Rachel Lindsay was taking on by graciously and patiently explaining the racist history of the antebellum South, a painful history that every American should understand intimately, was troubling and painful to watch. As black people and allies immediately knew and understood, it was a clear reflection of a much larger issue that the Bachelor franchise has fallen short on addressing adequately for years. He continued on to say, I will continue to process this experience and you will hear more from me in the end. Yeah, so it's clear that, like, everyone's putting out statements, but there will be, like, a major conversation to be had at After the Final Rose or some sort of televised event. Yes, I agree, which will be much needed, but I thought that his um, statement was really well said. Yeah, but you know what I was thinking? Because I'm, like, fully convinced that Rachel Kirkconnell wins, given all the drama, but also even last night's episode. Like, it's so clear he only has eyes for Rachel. Yeah, I feel that. And I feel like the fact that he now released a statement about her makes me feel like they broke up. You think so? I don't know. Like, that's just the vibe that I would get. I don't know. Like, why now? These, these, his conversation has been happening for months, and the Chris Harrison thing was two weeks ago. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of it like that. But then again, she might not even win, but if, like, this is just a working theory that I have. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll find out soon enough, so... I know, but it's like watching these episodes feels so pointless, I can't even explain. 
irrelevant. Yeah. Okay, so the TV recap, we'll dive into our official Bachelor segment, is brought to you by Ancestry. There are many paths to finding your family story. Whichever way you choose, tracing your family generations back with a family tree or uncovering your ethnicity with Ancestry DNA, it's easy to get started with Ancestry. They'll tell you where your ancestors are from, and Ancestry's billions of records and millions of family trees let you discover your and their personal stories. You could find a famous relative, iconic, or perhaps a photo of your great-grandmother as a little girl. Whatever you find, it's sure to change the whole way you look at your family history and yourself. After all, the story of your family is the story of you. Ancestry DNA can reveal ethnic origins and provide historical details that bring unique family stories to life. Ancestry DNA doesn't just tell you which countries you're from, but it can also pinpoint the specific regions within them, giving you insightful geographic details about your history. Trace the path of your recent ancestors and learn how and why your family moved from place to place around the world. No other DNA test delivers such a unique interactive experience. It's easy to start making discoveries with Ancestry. Grab an Ancestry DNA kit and start a free trial to amplify your discoveries with Ancestry's billions of records. Start exploring your family story today. Head to Ancestry.com slash toast to get your Ancestry DNA kit and start your free trial. That's Ancestry.com slash toast. And you have to use that link to get your Ancestry DNA kit and start your free trial um, and start discovering who you are today. Yes. Okay. Bachelor. Hometowns. Four gals left. Such a boring episode. Mostly because... I think hometowns are always a little boring because the best part of The Bachelor is like the drama within the girls and the girls are all separate because they're all in their hometowns. So it's never the most interesting episode, but this one really just fell so flat. Like even like the, so the big drama of Serena, like sending herself home, like boring. Boring. I mean, I barely watched. Me like too. <laughs> I had it on the whole two hours, but I was just like so tuned out to really the whole thing. But I... Gave it my most attention in the beginning, and I'm glad that I did because I think that Michelle is a queen. Yeah. I think that, uh, assuming she doesn't win, I think that she will be our next Bachelorette. Agreed. I fucking loved the campers. The like camp- that The digital sh- campers. The digital campers and, like, Elsie and her note. I, I just, I can't. It was so fucking cute, and, like, I think that Michelle has every... Um, all the stuff to be the next bachelorette. Like, I think that her story is so interesting. She seems like a wonderful person. And I, that's where I I would say that she'll be the next bachelorette. And I think there'll be a good storyline for her as an ex bachelorette because she's clearly like so head over heels in love with Matt, like would do anything for him. And I do not get the vibe that he is feeling the same way back. And so I think she will, I don't think she wins. And if, and when she goes home, she will be so heartbroken and devastated. It'll be the perfect setup for a journey to love on the bachelorette. Yeah, I agree with that. So um, that was probably my favorite hometown to watch just because I really loved their date and I thought that the campers like made it so excellent. And then with Rachel's, it was obviously just so bizarre to watch. Like knowing all that we know, I'm just so impatient and I couldn't care less about things that already happened. I need to know, I need to get caught up, like what's going on now. Um, so the whole thing was kind of weird. Obviously like the peak of the episode was when she like face planted the earth and her hair was like so wild. And then five seconds later, her hair was perfectly straight. Well, it wasn't, I'm sure in real life it wasn't five seconds. I'm sure she got checked out and then got a hairbrush. Yeah. Um, but that was like crazy. really crazy. And that was, a ser- that was a serious fall. I can't believe that they jumped out of planes. Like, I don't know why, but for me, that is just like, I could never. Never. I'm not one of those people. And they were just like, so like they were literally 
in space and just like making hand signs and peace signs and like hearts. And I was just like, you guys are crazy. You know, and like, honestly, Matt was the only one of them being like, oh, I'm kind of nervous. Rachel was like a nut. She was like, let's go. And then like, <laughs> as she's falling through the sky, there's literally a cameraman next to her and she's doing a full blown interview. Like she's not falling out of the sky. She's like, no. Matt, I'm really falling for you. Like she was so <laughs> calm. It's like, how many times has this girl been skydiving? No, I totally agree. But when they were like both near each other in the sky, like overlooking the literal earth, I'm like, oh, that's really romantic. Yes. And it's one of those experiences that you wouldn't expect to have like when they're filming at a resort. Like it yes. was an out of, like it was an otherworldly experience. So I think if they were already falling in love, like actually doing something like that, like brings you a lot closer. You know, I mean, it would have been a really cute hometown if there wasn't all this other stuff going on outside of the show because Matt is so fucking in love with Rachel. Like it's crazy. And, and I feel like my, my biggest critique of him is like, I haven't been able to read him at all this season. Like, I don't know who he likes. He acts like he likes everyone. Like it's very confusing. And in the last few episodes, it's become evidently clear to me that, like, he's so in love with Rachel, and now it's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. And then with Brie, the thing is, I feel the same way about Michelle. I love Brie. I think she's an absolute star. I don't think Matt even notices, like, when she's around. It's so crazy. Yeah, I feel like it's just like I was worried about when she got the first date. Like, you fall into that comfortable place, and then... It just, it's hard to get back from there. So I think that while they had like a strong, consistent connection the whole time, like it never peaked, like flared up. Yeah. And it makes me sad because she's like so stunningly beautiful, smart, Mm -hmm. funny. And like her relationship with her sister and her mom was just like so admirable. And I think she's an amazing girl. Um, And I don't think Matt sees it. Like, I just think he's so wrapped up in Rachel. Yeah. And that's I agree. But I think that. I think that whether she's Brie is the bachelorette or she goes to paradise, like we will have more Brie in our lives. And, and that's what I want. Yeah. Cause she needs to go to paradise and have like all these guys fighting over her because that's how it should have been. Like she's, <laughs> she's like a Hannah G like so gorgeous that like everyone's fighting over you in paradise. And like, that's how it should be. And like Matt didn't even notice her. Yeah. That's literally like what happened with Hannah G. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, and, and I think like if she goes to paradise, like she'll get engaged. Like Hannah I agree. G. I agree. So I just think now, especially that Serena's gone, like it's so clear to me that Rachel wins. Like he doesn't even look at the other two girls the same way that he looks at Rachel. So on the one hand, it's like annoying because I don't think they can, you know, work out beyond this drama and he could have fell in love with someone else, but I'm low key looking forward to the drama of like how they get past this, how they discover it. Like what is, what is, what are the conversations that are going to be had? I think it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, I agree. And if they get past it. Right. And I'm feeling like, I don't know how they can. Wow. I don't know what's going to happen. Serena, I guess that's making this season like, It's making you know. us watch because there's going to be some sort of finale. Not, and I'm not talking about the rose yeah. ceremony. I'm talking about like a live interview. There's going to be something there. So we're all feeling frustrated now, but I do think there will be some sort of payoff like when we get all of our answers. Yeah. I agree. Also, I just wanted to mention, because last night I was reading an article from E! News. They're doing um, a series for Black History Month where they're talking to black reality show contestants about what it's like being a minority on 
reality mm-hmm. TV, and they spoke to Mike Johnson and Tasha, and they talk about what it's like to be a black contestant on The Bachelor, but also like what it's like after The Bachelor and how black contestants like typically get less followers yep. after the show. And they're really like diving into all of that. And I found it to be really interesting. And I would recommend that everyone read it because I think it was a really well done interview. It was also, um, I guess, conducted before all of this Chris Harrison stuff. So it mostly focuses on they have all of these graphics even about like the all the bachelorettes in the last uh, eight years and how many followers they each have, like how That's everyone from the season. Because we were, it's very interesting. We were saying like a few weeks ago how the Bachelor, I feel like, has never been truly diverse. And if it has, it's always like tokenism, like having you know a certain amount of black contestants, but never who who make it far enough. So when it comes to speaking on you know the inequalities within Bachelor Nation, there are so few contestants who have enough of a platform to make an impact because none of them even get far enough. Even if there have been however many black contestants in the last 10 years, they very, very rarely made it far enough to even garner a platform. And that's like where it's like not true diversity. Right. And also Mike Johnson was talking about how even now when he does speak out or use his platform, then he loses followers. So it really gets into the metrics of Bachelor Nation and like this post-Bachelor ecosystem of followers, which we all know is going on. And like, that's how, you know, it becomes everyone's job after the show. But it's, it's, there's a lot at play. And so I think everyone should just read this article. I found it to be very interesting. Okay, that is interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Um, mm-hmm. The last part of the Bachelor hometown that we wanted to recap is just uh, Serena going home. And like, I, I just love when a contestant is like, I know like we're waiting for you to pick us, but I don't pick you. Yeah. It just I have disrupts to be honest, the whole I was symptom, like the whole environment. Barely. I was barely watching. It okay, at that well, point. so she expressed some concern at the end of her hometown, and then before the rose ceremony, Matt went to go talk to her, and she was like, "Honestly, I've been thinking about it since I left the the hometown date, and you are just not my person." Right, I heard that. Okay, I mean, good for her, and also like I'm glad that no one else had to go home prematurely. Right. And then at the rose ceremony, there- Matt was like. Serena's not coming. She didn't feel like this was it for her. And I really want to just remind you, like, please don't accept this rose if you're not accepting this rose. Right. So it was, like, boring, but at least someone went home. Because if I had to deal with another episode where no one went home, like, I would just die. Yeah, I agree. I did, like, 400 things while watching The Bachelor last night. No, I don't know what I was doing. I just could not pay attention. Yeah. My Purim event, like, was live streaming on the website, so I was watching it at the same time. Is there a replay for it? Because I actually wanted to watch it, but then it was 8 o'clock and yes, I had to watch Bachelor. I believe um, you can rewatch it till uh, the end of the week. It's at PurimFunnyStory.com. P-U-R-I-M FunnyStory.com. Awesome. And also, I like, before The Bachelor, I was watching Downton Abbey, and you guys, like... You can't compare. <laughs> you can't compare. No, you truly cannot. So it was a tough one, but next week looks steamy. They're so good because you want to know why? The trailers for episodes of The Bachelor are about two minutes long. Episodes of The Bachelor are actually two hours long. There's literally two minutes of good content in a two-hour episode. I agree, but I, I, I wouldn't have said, like, this week's trailer even looked good. Like, But next week with the fantasy suites and it looks like there's a lot going on. You know, it is kind of crazy. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Next week is Women Tell All. Maybe it's a two-night thing. Oh, no. Please say it ain't so. I know. Fuck. Yeah, but Women Tell All is next week, and then Fantasy Suites, and then Finale. But then again, Women Tell All was filmed before the Chris Harrison 
extra interview. So again, it's like a co- it's a conversational episode where they're not having the conversation that we're all having. It's irrelevant. Yeah. Um, well, that's our show. That's our Bachelor recap. And thank you guys for listening. A reminder, we will be podcast only for the rest of the week since Jackie O is in quarantine. But we hope you guys have an amazing week. And thank you so much for listening to The Morning Toast, The Millennial Morning Show, where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places. So wherever you listen to podcasts, find us, The Morning Toast, and leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. Hope you have an amazing day. We will see you guys tomorrow. Goodbye. Bye.